And we are at chapter 7 of Laws of Teshuva by the Rambam. Halacha Aleph. We've established in the last few chapters that everybody has free choice. So since we've established that you actually have the choice to take control of your life, no other force is, is, uh, has control over you, so therefore, a person should try to do teshuva, to repent, to wake up, and to, to, um, to repair his relationship with God, and to do so while he's still alive. Why? Because if you do the work in this world, when you get to the next world, it goes that much better. Second, halacha la'oilom yire odam atzmei so a person, by, by nature, this is my, my own little commentary, by nature we are, especially at certain age, we just think we're going to live forever. We don't really think about the fact that we're not going to be here forever. And so the Rambam tells us a person should realize that life, you don't live forever. And therefore it's best to do this teshuva, to go this, through this process of, of uh, becoming a mensch. Immediately, don't put it off. Don't say, when I get old, I will return. Kishe Azkin. Then I'll return. I'll have nothing else to do. I'll be sitting in the old age home. The TV is boring, so I'll do Teshuva then. Lolo. <laughs> because you never know if you're going to make it to the old age home. They may not let you in. This is what King Solomon said in his wisdom in Exiliastes 9.8. Bechol Ace. That your clothing should be white at all times. Of course, a metaphor for your actions. As we learn in Tanya, that what are the garments? Garments of the soul are speech. I'm sorry, thought, speech, and action. Your garments, your expression should always be clean because you never know when you're going to come into the world to come. You want to come in clean. Gimel. Here the Rambam tells us that people sometimes think that you only have to do teshuva for really gross, egregious sins. And the Rambam says, no, it beyond, goes beyond that. Let's see what he says. Don't think that repentance only applies to sins that involve an act, such as promiscuity, robbery, or theft. The long sentence. Just as a person has to repent from these actions, so too he has to go and search in his character traits, ones that are not so good, and to fix himself in matters of anger, in matters of hatred of others, in matters of jealousy, in matters of frivolity, having too much fun at the Fabrengens, <laughs> and from running after money, greed, and honor. All this stuff is also something we need to fix ourselves. Running after food, and the like. From, and he's talking about kosher food, by the way. <laughs> 
From all of this, a person has to repent. These sins are actually more difficult to repent from than the ones that involve deed. Why? When a person becomes uh, attached, nishka literally is like sunk into, like drowning in it. It is very difficult to separate from them. It's like an addiction. Food addiction, an honor addiction, a money addiction, frivolity, jealousy, hatred, anger. These are all addictions. Billion dollar interest industry, the anger industry. Let alone the other ones. Because these are addictive um, traits. And therefore, they're actually more difficult to separate yourself from these things than if somebody did... A one-off sin, even a grievous sin. So this is a verse from Isaiah, which we read on the fast days. It says, The wicked man should abandon his path. It doesn't say, it doesn't say his deeds. That's obvious he has to abandon it. But even his path, which is these, these character traits, of his thoughts, his designs, from that too, a person has to repent. Allah for We'll take some comments or questions on the first three. Anybody? Everybody's busy repenting. Okay. Allah Dalid. Here is a beautiful, beautiful teaching of the Rambam. That a person who is a Baal Teshuvah, somebody who did make a mistake, shouldn't feel inferior and shouldn't feel distant from God. Here's what he says. A person who is a Baal Teshuvah, a master of return. He shouldn't think that he is distant from the level of the righteous. Because of the sins, both deliberate and non-deliberate, that he has done. So the Rambam is, is, is acknowledging or he's expressing that a person who has a past, a sinful past, but has, has repented, he might feel that he is far from the level of tzaddikim because of these sins that he's done. Eina Dovarkain, the matter is not so. Elo, to the contrary. Ahuv v'nechmadhu He is beloved and precious, cherished in the, in, by, by God, by the Creator. As if he never sinned. So with humans, this is my own little commentary, with humans, if somebody offends you, somebody harms you, and they ask you for forgiveness, okay, you forgive them, but you're going to say that you love them and they're as precious to you as, as if they never sinned? It's like it never happened? Maybe, some people. Some sins, some relationships. But usually, there's a little bit of uh, something. But in the case of God, it's as if it never happened. It's as if the sin never happened. Furthermore, so not only is he equal to the tzaddikim, now that he's acting as they are, and the sins of his past don't make him lower. But to the, to, to the contrary, actually his reward is greater now than those of the tzaddikim, the perfectly righteous who never sinned. Why? Because he tasted the taste of sin. 
and he separated himself from it, and he conquered his evil inclination. Om is this pre-Kabbalah or, or what? I mean, is this, this is the uh, this is this is kind of the foundation of Chabad Hasidism, isn't it? This idea is is talked about a lot in Chabad Hasidus, but it's from the Gemara. The Gemara says it. The Gemara says b'mokim shabali tshuva oimdin. Right here, that's the next thing the Ram is about to say. Omru chachamim. The sage just said b'mokim shabali tshuva oimdin. The place where the repentance people who did repentance stand ain tzadikim gimurim yecholin lamid boy. The perfectly righteous cannot stand at that level. They, they're not at that level. So it's from the Gemara. But yeah, it's it's expressed at length in Kabbalah and in Chabad Hasidus and other Hasidic writings and, and other generally in, in, in Jewish writings. Why, why can't the righteous who never sinned stand at the level of the, of the people who did repentance? Why? Because... The people who did repentance, they are they have to overcome and conquer their evil inclination more than the tzaddikim who haven't had that test. Okay. Weiter. Okay, we keep going. If you have a question or comment, feel free to jump in. Hey. Allah hey call on Nivim Kulon Sivu Al Hachuva. All of the prophets all commanded regarding repentance vain Yisrael Nigal and Labachuva. And the Jewish people will be redeemed, meaning Mashiach will come through Teshuva through repentance. And the Torah has already guaranteed Shasif Yisrael Asis Shuva. That in the end, the Jewish people will do Teshuvah, B'soif Galusan, at the end of their exile, Umiyad Enigolin. And immediately they are redeemed. Shenemar, as it's written, So in Deuteronomy, it says, when all these things will happen to you, and that's the exile, Vishavto Adashemalikecha, you are going to return to the Lord your God. And then God is going to bring back your exiles and that will bring to the time of Mashiach. So the Torah already prophecies and promises. It gives us the end of the story. Spoiler alert. The Jewish people eventually will do Teshuvah. They will repent and Mashiach will come. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Vav Kidela Teshuva Shemekareves Esodam Lashchina. Teshuva is great because it brings a person close to the divine presence. So now the Rambam is just going to give us inspirational ideas and thoughts about Teshuva. It's written in Hosea. Shuva Yisrael Adadeshemalekecha. Return, O Israel, unto the Lord your God. So. When we're, we're talking about repentance, we're talking about getting close to God. By the way, this is, this is from the Haftorah that we read between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is called the Shabbos Shuvah, the Shabbos of repentance. Shuva Yisrael, v'nemar it's written, v'loi shavtem adai Hashem. 
So again, we see in the verse that return is about returning to God. You know, it's not only about, you know, I'm going to become a better person, I'm cleansing myself from evil and from dirt. No, this is about the relationship with God, getting close to God. Venema, another, just my little commentary here, is sometimes teshuva can be also a kind of self-worship. And not about God. About, you know, I want to be perfect, or I'm feeling badly about myself. It's about getting close to God. It's very interesting. The Rambam is really emphasizing, citing three different verses to tell us that what is teshuva? Elai toshuv, return to me. im If you will return, with return, be tidbak, you are going to be connecting yourself and cleaving on to me, says God. Teshuva brings close those who are distant. Yesterday, this person was in a very distant place from God. Now, today, he is beloved, he is precious, he is close, and he is a friend. They find in Scripture that Hashem, God, uses an expression of distance. That when we are in a state of sin, a state of separateness from God, we are distant from God. And conversely, when we're in a state of repentance, we're in a state of closeness with God. Shinemar, this is again from Hosea, when we're in a state of distance, God says, you're not my nation. When they repent, he says, oh, these are the children of the living God. Okay. Seven, any comment or question? Or keep rolling. Very good. Thank you, Bill. Anybody else? Okay, keep rolling. Zayin, seventh chapter, seventh halacha, kamem ula mailas hatshuva. How exalted is the level of teshuva? Exclamation mark. Emesh moved on Hashem. Yesterday, this person was separated from God of Israel, as it says in Isaiah, that your sins separate between you and God. You're closing yourself off. The person cries out, but he's not answered. He does mitzvahs, and they are grabbed away from him. As it says, Who asked this of you to trample my courtyards? This is talking about 
Jewish people coming into the temple, offering their sacrifices, but if they're in a state of sin, then their mitzvahs are torn from them. But once he repents, he now he is connected. He is he is attached. Mudbak. And the word for glue in, in Hebrew is devek. He's glued to the divine presence. He's attached to the divine presence, as it says, You who are attached to the Lord your God. By the way, this verse, you are attached to the Lord your God, the, our, our fearless Gabai, and all, all Gabais, this is a verse that they recite in the lead up to the, the reading of the Torah when they're calling up the Kohen. So they say, That's, we all say that together. This is this verse that you, when you do Teshuva, you are attached to the Lord your God. Tzoyik, when the, when the person who has returned cries out to God, he is answered immediately. Even before he calls out, God says, I answer him. He does mitzvahs and they are received with pleasure and with joy, as it says in Exiliastes, God has already desired your deeds. And furthermore, that they are God desires them, as it says, the gift of Judah is sweet to God, pleasing to God. As in days of old and in the, in the former years. One more halacha, and we finish the chapter. Halacha ches. It's the way of people who do teshuva, authentic teshuva, that they are humble and modest, very much. If fools will shame them about their former deeds and say, oh, you're the one who did this, this, and that. And they say to them, Yesterday you did this. And yesterday you used to say this and that. What happens is, They will pay no attention to them. They hear it. And they're happy. They know that this is a merit for them. As long as they are ashamed of their deeds, which they transgressed, and are ashamed, their merit is great, and their level is raised. So they're getting to a higher level in their connection to God through this shame. I mentioned, we mentioned when we talked about Ruth, the story of Ruth, and Naomi, that when Naomi came back to the land of Israel, she had a choice of where to go back to. She, and you would think she would go back to a place where nobody knows her. Where she was unknown, where she could be anonymous since she was this wealthy woman, successful woman, and now she came back in rags. 
So you go to a place where nobody knows. You go back. To, and what did she do? She went back to the place where she came from, where everybody knew her, and she faced the music. And she was ready to accept all the shame. She was a, a, a person who repented. They made a mistake. They left Israel during the famine. She comes back. She, she's ready to accept the shame. She sees that as part of her process of healing and of growth and getting closer to God. That's how Rabbi Shmuel Diozida explains it. The Igeret uh, Shemuel, the students of the Arizal. One of the students of Arizal. It is a absolute sin. So that's from the, the Baal Teshuvah's perspective, that he doesn't mind this being shamed. He looks at it as a benefit. But the person who is doing the shaming, the Rambam calls him a fool earlier. Why? Because this is an absolute sin to say to a Baal Teshuvah, remember your deeds of yours. To remind them of, him, of it in order to embarrass him. Or to talk about similar things, even not spelling it out, but trying to be clever and just talking about things that kind of shame him and remind him. All of that is forbidden. And we are commanded against doing so as part of the prohibition on uh, words, causing harm with words. A man should not mistreat his fellow. Well, that concludes chapter 7 of the Rambam, right in time, leaving us a few minutes for questions and or comments. If I can start the, if I can start the question. Oi, Charles. You're, yeah, good evening. Is, 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 I think your, your connection is no good, Charles. Your your phone is your phone connection is uh, is schwach, zeer zeer schwach. Zeer schwach. All right. Can you hear me any better now? Yes. Let's try again. Okay. So very very quickly. Or is there a, is there is each man, woman, evaluated on the same scale, or a different scale? Like if you're let's say for someone is a tzaddik, do they have are they evaluated on one scale? Whereas someone who comes from a different means, a different social setting, a different uh, environment, are they evaluated on another scale? Absolutely. Yeah, different different scale. We have that in the Rambam, actually, where he says, you know, depending on the deed, depending on the situation, that's how we're right. judged. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's not, it's not one, it's not one, you know, one set of teshuva for each, you know, for each person. For, for everyone, it's a, I don't want to say custom, customized, but it's for each person is evaluated based on their own, on their own merit, on their own deeds, on their own actions, they're on their own thoughts. Am I understanding that? Exactly, 100%. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, the, Ram, uh, the Alter Rebbe in Tanya in chapter 30, he talks about how you have to be humble in the presence of everyone. Yeah. And he, what he explains is that even if you're some righteous guy who studies Torah all day, right. you may actually be inferior to somebody who you would look down upon and say, oh, look at this sinner or this uh, you know, uh, uncouth individual. And what, basically what he says, don't 
don't judge a man till you've walked a mile in his moccasins. He doesn't use that right. phrase. He uses the one from Pirkei Avot. Don't judge a man right. until you reach his place. And yeah. which is exactly what you're saying. Everybody has different experiences. And so he says, well, it, it's no big deal that you don't sin. You're sitting in the study hall, Torah study hall all day. All you see are the holy books. And so uh, you can't compare yourself to a person whose job is to sit in the marketplace. And he is involved in all kinds of things. He's not in a spiritual environment and, and the challenges that come with that. And then the Alter Rebbe says, that you know everybody has challenges based on where they are and so he turns to this scholar who thinks he's so holy and says well aren't there challenges that you face maybe different types of challenges maybe uh at a higher level but are you overcoming those challenges and if you're not Correct. then in fact you are inferior to that that uncouth individual that you judged because he has an excuse because of the the um the conditions of where he, where he finds himself. Whereas you have no excuse. You're a, scholar, a scholar, Torah scholar. You're in the Beit Midrash. So what's your excuse for not overcoming your battles, whatever they may be? Maybe at a more refined level, but there's still a battle. So at the same time, he doesn't, he doesn't let the, the individual out in the marketplace off the hook. He says that person has free choice and so on and so forth, and it truly is a battle and so forth. But... The way that, that each individual, the way we look at others, say, so this, is the, this is the key. When we look at ourselves, we don't look for excuses. You know the famous, you know, the famous story with the, uh, the two brothers. They lived on opposite sides of the mountain. And every night, the brother who had lots of kids, he would say, you know, my poor brother on the other side of the mountain, he lives alone, he has no kids, I'm going to go bring him a, a bushel of wheat. He brings a bushel of wheat every night in the middle of the night. And the other brother says, Oi, my poor brother, he's got so many kids. I've, I, have, I have so much. I'm going to go bring him a bushel of, uh, of wheat. And, they, and they, they're passing wheat to each other every night, unbeknownst one to the other, till one night they meet. And they see what's happening, and they see, oh, wow, they embrace. And the, the legend is that God says, Ah, on this mountain is where I want the, the temple to be rebuilt, to be built. It's a legend. So the point is each one is, you know, that you could be the opposite. I got so many kids. Why doesn't my brother give me some, some wheat? Or the other guy says, I'm living all alone. Why doesn't my brother ever do anything for me? Each one is looking of the other to the benefit of the other. And the same thing when it comes to, to judging others or ourselves, we always judge ourselves more strictly than we judge somebody else. And um, that's the healthier way. This way, we're not looking for excuses to get off the hook, and we're and at the same time, we're we're being generous. We're we're saving our generosity for how we how we judge others. Now, again, we, all, we there, there is a time for you know not being too harsh on oneself when that leads to um, you know counter counter um, it's counterproductive sometimes to beat up on yourself, and and sometimes it's important to take things into perspective and say you know. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not as bad as I seem, but in, as a general rule, we're not supposed to try to look for excuses for ourselves, but we are supposed to try to find excuses for others. It's a little bit of a paradox, but that's how, how, um, how the Torah, and particularly in Chabad Hasidus, the way it's expressed. I guess we would say not, not to 
deface the, the sin or transgression without turning it into self-hatred, because then you're turning it into judgment and becoming a judge. That's an egotistical thing, in a way. Right? It's counterproductive. It's not the right way. Right. So you're saying accept the truth about yourself without judging yourself. Right. So by accepting the truth, you you're, you're that's a path to uh, to fixing it. Uh, whereas judging oneself is not necessarily going to lead you to fix it. It'll just lead you to be depressed. <laughs> well, that would lead you back to the eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's right. Exactly. It's a tricky a tricky thing. Okay, gentlemen, this was another wonderful session of healing with the Rambam. And uh, we learned some wonderful things about Teshuvah. We learned that eventually the Jewish people will do Teshuvah at the end of the exile. And we learned about the greatness of the Baal Teshuvah, that he is greater than the Tzaddik. He shouldn't look down upon himself, because to the contrary, the, the perfectly righteous doesn't even reach his level because he has to deal with, he has tasted the taste of sin um, we learned about, um, you know, do it now. Don't push it off because you never know. And you always have to be ready. Your clothing should always be white. We also learned that repentance is not just about particular deeds that are, that are sinful, but, actual, but actually also character traits that are not great, like greed and running after honor and food. These things are, in fact, more difficult to separate oneself from but that's part of teshuva is separating from those things. And what did I miss? We also talked about how when a person repents, he's returning to God. He is cleaving onto God. His prayers will, are, are answered. He's close to God. His, his mitzvahs are accepted with, with joy and with nachas. And we also talked about in the last halacha that the, the person who repents should not answer answer those who shame them. They, they they accept it, and they they that that makes them even rise even higher. Whereas the person who does the shaming is committing a sin, and should never remind a re person who has done repentance of their past deeds. Thank you all for joining us. It's Thank been you. a pleasure and an honor, and I wish you all a fantastic Shabbat. Thank you so much. Sir. Thank you. 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 Thank you.